Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Well, good morning, church. Hallelujah. How many of y'all thankful to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Man, this is one thing we know. We know we got a lot of folks that are battling some sickness. And if they're tuning in online right now, just, just we'll do this. I'll tell you what, just to let them know. We're not, we're not clapping because they're sick. We're just going to clap and let them know right now that we're thinking about them and we're praying for them. Amen? Can we do that? We're praying for you. And that applause is for your healing that's coming. So thankful. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me this morning? Just a couple of reminders. I want to remind you that on the 23rd, which is Friday evening, there'll be a live nativity right out front uh, at 5. It'll be starting at 5. We'll also be having off to the side of that an area there for the kids. There'll be a petting zoo and that type of thing. And we don't want to do anything to, uh, to rob what is the reason for all of it. But it'll be a good time for people to be able to come, to be able to fellowship, to bring those kids out. And it'll be, we'll have it kind of set up like a drive-through again. However, there'll be an area there where we can stand over to the side and just thank God for the greatest gift that's ever been given to all of humanity. You know what? That gift that keeps on giving. The one and only, as advertised, that'll always be and always been none other than my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything else in between. <laughs> Go ahead and turn to somebody. It's old and it's cheesy, but say, if you wouldn't hear, I'd be the best looking one in the place. I'm going to encourage you today to worship. I want to encourage you today to don't let anything, anybody, any thought keep you from the presence of an almighty God. But if you feel like raising your hands and just praising him, if, if your soul gets warmed up and somebody says, what do you think about a cold heart? I said, I'll tell you what, I know when cold hearts begin to warm up because people's eyes begin to leak. And when that happens, man, you can truly see the Lord begin to do a work. Thankful. I'm thankful that these four kids, these four young people are here today.
grateful you're here to Miss Julie. Alan is a member of our Litchfield Fire Department, and he and I were talking this morning. They responded to the accident Thursday afternoon after school. And Alan, I think your words to me was there was a fifth person in that vehicle. Now, we know there was a fourth man that got loose in the fire, but there was a fifth man in that vehicle. Can we just thank God for his protective hand? Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Yeah, why not praise him for everything he's done? Everything he's doing. Amen. 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 Come on, Mom. Let's just start this morning by praising him and thanking him. I'm going to let Miss Amy just, just pray. and uh, Let's just believe. How many of you need a miracle? You know somebody that needs a miracle. Physically, raise your hand. Somebody needs a miracle. I know several. How many of you know folks that need an emotional miracle? A mental miracle? What about a financial miracle? Can I remind you all today that we serve a miracle working God? And the Word of God says you have not because you ask not. Ain't nothing wrong with praising Him even ahead of what He's getting ready to deliver. Amen? And we're going to do that this morning. We're going to expect some great things. Come on. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be in your house today. We're thankful that you're faithful even when we're not. We thank, we're thankful that you're right on time, that you're never late, yeah. that you're always there standing with your arms wide open. And God, we come to you today asking that you be with each and every need that's on the hearts of those that are in here today. Those that barely got here, those that carried in burdens, those that are fighting battles that nobody else knows about. God, you know, and you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we ever asked or imagined. So today we come in here proclaiming victory. We come in here raising our voices to worship you. And we thank you for answered prayer. We thank you, God, that your love is unconditional and never-ending. Have your way in this house today as we magnify your name and we just proclaim our love for you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You know what? Right now would be a good time to take another praise break. Why not just praise him? Turn to somebody and say, you had enough faith to get out. Now you got to get enough faith to go on. It's a powerful, simple message. Last week, how many of y'all remember the title? Let my people go. Let my people go. God ain't done. I'm going to tell you right now, your prodigals, listen, they're in the pig pen, but they're starting to think about him. They're on their way back. 
whether their feet have already, whether they've even started moving yet, they're on their way back. Keep loving. Keep caring. Keep on praying. Amen. You know, the Word of God said, if I have hope only in this world and in this life, I'd be most miserable. Paul said it. Boy, didn't he nail it? Had me all excited about going to heaven. Yeah. Well, the Word says, thy kingdom come. I think we can enjoy a little bit of heaven down here. Amen. Jenny's back in the house. Can we thank God for that? I'm thankful to be back. I'm so thankful to be here this morning and just be able to sing and to play for my Jesus. And um, he's just so good. And just like I think Amy, when she was praying a while ago, how faithful he is, even when we're not quite so faithful to him and quite so trusting like we should be. And I can't tell you how much just with things that was going on that I worried. I mean, I literally worried myself to being physically ill at times. And I don't know why, because God is truly faithful. And he, um, even though I did that, he still met my need. And I'm just thankful for that because I don't know why he does. I don't know why he doesn't just look at us sometimes and shake his head and go, you know what? You're on your own. <laughs> but I'm thankful that he doesn't, you know? I'm just so thankful that he continues to be faithful and love on us. And he always accepts us just as we are in our weakness. And that is that scripture that says in our weakness, he's made strong, right? And I think that's so true. Um, so I'm just here this morning just to bring him praise and glory. And, um, you know, I just want you to lift his name with me today because I know there are people that's here probably today that are hurting and broken and maybe some that don't even know um, Jesus is their Savior. And so the goal is today to just lift his name so he will draw those unto him and he will break chains and he will deliver and um, just do what he does. So let's just praise him this morning. Kingdom coming and to reconcile. 
loud enough, long enough to applaud all the goodness and grace boy that he's given us, wow well let's try it anyway, can we give him praise this morning yeah, come for them. I really do. I thank God for them. You can be seated this morning. You can be seated. Jenny will pedal for me for just a moment. Just want to remind you that uh, to keep doing. I want to encourage you. Man, we're in a fight. And uh, and I mean that. We've, we've been saying it now for three or four weeks. You know, it's a blur from a week or two before Thanksgiving until the first of the year be starting the fast this year most most of you will start on that Monday morning um, it's January the 1st of course is on a Sunday also and uh, we'll be speaking to that and speaking some vision for the year there'll be several uh, special services throughout that 21 days that we'll be doing here uh, at the church and it's meeting every night as long as the weather permits and uh, praying over those requests trusting God for some great things and miracles hallelujah believe in all of that for sure also on january 1st uh if you have been saved in the past little bit of time there we're going to be doing a baptism that morning probably do it first thing amen could you all think of a better day to be baptized than january 1st 2023 man i don't know that i can behold he makes all things new amen Without saying any more, would you all make my pastor, Brother Jake Clemens, feel welcome as he comes this morning? Would you all do that? Amen. I don't, those are some strong words. I don't know if I'm his pastor. I'm thankful for our pastor. I'm not, I might cry a little bit like him, but I don't sweat as much like he does. I probably won't need that today. If you could, uh, before I get started today, and forgive us if we don't do this for everyone, but uh, we have a first-time guest here today, and uh, this is a guest that has been prayed for and prayed over, Peyton and Elijah, do y'all have Eleanor here today? If you see over here, this sweet baby... Amen. Thank you. Sorry to put you guys on the spot. We're thankful, thankful for God's promises. Amen. Won't you stand with me today for the reading of God's word? <clears throat> if you would turn with me to Daniel chapter 1. 
Daniel chapter 1. This is uh, actually part of a message that I preached a, a while back, uh, not here, is at a different place, and I really kept trying to get away from it, and I had some other things in my heart, and God just kept drawing me back, back to this and drawing my heart back here, and so if you will just follow along with me. I'm going to start in chapter 1, and I'll just start at verse 1. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of God. The king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, say no blemish, but good-looking, say good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve, say serve, in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed to them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of, delicacies and of the wine which he had drank. And three years of training for them, so at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those, the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. I want you to bow your heads with me. God, today I'm so thankful. God, for the opportunity to share the gospel. God, I'm thankful today that, God, I don't stand on a perfect track record. God, I stand on forgiveness and grace today. An imperfect person, God, just here to preach the gospel and share the good news that's changed my life. I pray today, God, that you would use me, hide me behind your cross today. I love you. In your name we pray. Amen. As you're seated, if you would, turn to your neighbor and say, expect the attack. Expect the attack. So, uh, me and my siblings, uh, starting with my older brother, Logan, uh, we liked to scare each other when we were younger. I think we actually got that from my dad because mom said as soon as we learned how to walk, dad was scaring us, running us down the hallway, jumping out and scaring us. And so we got to this place, and the one thing that I really feel that God is wanting to tell his people, number one, as Pastor and Dad spoke last week, he said, let my people go. And the one thing that you have to realize is that when you come out and you start walking in freedom, the next thing is expect the attack. And so as me and Logan, uh, my older brother, man, he's always been bigger than me. I never could win a fight with him unless I picked it and jumped out of nowhere and got him. And I remember a few times I was able to do that and got some good form tackles on him, but then I was a beating after that. And I would usually... I, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but then I would have to, like, call mom and dad's name to get them off of me. It didn't stand a chance. But the one thing that we got to start doing with each other was expecting the attack. And so I remember I would walk around doorways looking, where is he? And Hannah and Braden also probably remember this, too. And, man, we were bad to each other. I got some half-price uh, Halloween mask, and we, we were not allowed to celebrate Halloween, but I bought some masks after Halloween, and 
used them to scare Hannah and Brayden. And there was this one pirate mask, and it looked so real. And I remember uh, I went into uh, Braden's bedroom, and they had bunk beds at the time, and this was bad. I laid on the far side of the bed, had the light turned off. He came in, got in bed, stayed there for a little while. And then I just started, like, raising up on the other side of the bed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he busted his forehead on the top as he ran out and ran over to mom and dad's room. But, but the one thing that we all started doing was expecting the attack. And the one thing that we have to start doing as Christians is expecting the attack. And I've noticed in my own life just here recently, I'm like, God, why is this happening to me? And for some reason, us Christians have been painted this picture that once we give our lives to Christ, everything's fine, and it's just a bed of roses. We won't go through anything tough. We won't go through a hard time. But let me tell you, it's not like that. I mean, look at Paul. Dude, Paul went out preaching, and Paul ends up in prison. He ends up beaten at Lystra, and they thought he was dead, dragged out of the city. The Bible isn't stories of how everyone prospered right after they were saved and that everything was perfect the word tells us that in this life you will have tribulation, Jesus said. But I have overcome the world. And we have to hold on to these truths. But the first thing that we have to do is expect the attack. And if you could go to that next slide, the first thing that the enemy wants to attack is your identity. He wants to attack your identity. And this is what's uh, the other one, please. Yeah, thank you. Sorry if y'all can't read that. But we'll go through here. As what happened was these guys were taken captive and brought over to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's place. And one of the most important things that I've seen in this, we all remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that is called by the names that King Nebuchadnezzar changed their names. That wasn't their original God-given name. And let me tell you, we don't have names today like they used to. Because used to, their names meant something. You see, Daniel meant God is my judge. So when he said, my name is Daniel, I bet it was a reminder to him that God is my judge. But his name was Belteshazzar. It says, Bel, protect him. That's not Belchese, right, Dan? Bel was a foreign god and a god that they worshipped. And so what he wanted to do was change their identity to align with their culture. And if we look at our world today, what is happening we want to change the foundations of what our country was founded upon. The world, the culture wants to change the foundation of what our, our, our country was founded upon and change our kids. And now we're, we're going through crazy gender identity things and we're labeled this, we're labeled that. And let's look at these other names. Hananiah meant Yahweh has been gracious. Man, if I said that name all the time and that came to my mind, Yahweh has been gracious, I need that reminder. For when I feel like sin has just come over me and I can't make it. But he changed his name to Shadrach, the command of a coup. That was one of their gods as well. Michel, who is what God is? Meaning, is there anybody else like God? Change that to who is what a coup is. I'm just going to say these names fast. Y'all don't know if I get them wrong anyway. Azariah, Yahweh has helped that is that special name of God, Abednego, servant of Nebo. So what changes? He wanted to change their identity. And that is happening in culture today, and it's starting from a very young age. 
And these were things that I remember hearing talked about in church. The first thing it was going to be is homosexual marriage. And then it was going to be transgender. The gender was going to be that. And then it's pedophilia. And that's beginning to happen now. And the thing is, is that I don't care if you're in one of those situations. God has something better for you. You see, what the enemy wants you to do is look at your problem and not God's promise. You see, the things that were spoken over these kids, when they, they came over, they were young. Most references will tell you they were about 14 years old. And we see the great and awesome stand that they begin to take. But the thing that happens is we miss our potential in God because we start looking at the problems around us and we let our identity change. If you could go to that next slide, Eric, with the mirror. And I got this, this picture in my head this morning. And how many times do we look in a, a mirror and we see alcoholic? Maybe you see broken. Maybe you see failure. Maybe you see a fake. Maybe you see a drug addict. Adulterer, you're not enough. You're a liar. And the thing that the enemy will do is creep in in your weakest moment. He'll change your name. And what he wants you to do is be named by your past. To be named by something that does not align with him. And what we have today are people that are confused. Why does this haunt me? What, why did this happen? And I can't tell you why whatever happened to you happened. But the thing that I want you to know is that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Just as John 10, 10 says. He wants to steal your identity. But the most awesome part is the end of that verse that Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so we're here today and we're wondering, what is our identity? And what is your identity as a Christian? My identity as a Christian is not to come in and sit on a pew. My identity as a Christian is not to come up and stand behind a pulpit and act like I've got it all figured out because I don't. Man, I was standing over there, and I just thought, God, I'm so thankful for your grace. Because sometimes when I look in the mirror, I see those things. You're like, which one is Jake? Jake wrote all those. He's all those things. Drug addict, alcoholic. Thankful that when I look in the mirror, I don't have to see those things that if I can look through God's eyes and I can look through the potential that he sees in me I can see redeemed I see restored I see someone who is broken but made whole in him I see someone who if I can be transparent, tried to live up to expectations of a crowd of people of our church family. Feeling like I failed every time. And I remember God saying, Jake, you've got to stop trying to live up to everyone else's expectations and just live for me. There was a shift that began to happen in my life. Because the thing that the enemy will do is get us to see everything that's wrong with us. But God sees everything that's right.
God sees the plan. And I'll get to that a little bit later. God sees something special inside of you. So what do we have to do? I have to expect the attack against my identity that when I wake up tomorrow morning, when I walk down these steps, you know the enemy's going to tell me, that, man, Jake, you blew it. Am I right? Man, you look like a fool up there today. Nobody cares. Nobody this, that. When I wake up in the morning and it's the same thing that you see. And then if something happens, sin comes up. Well, you're just this, you're just that. And what I have to do is prepare my mind to be ready for what's coming. I remember some of the greatest football coaches that I had. They were great about tearing you down about what you did wrong. But they built me right back up right before I went out onto the field. I remember I was a young football player. I was playing quarterback and... I believe I was a freshman. It was the first play in. Our quarterback had gotten hurt. Coach calls a pass play. I was like, okay, I'm going to throw it. And I had already decided who I was going to throw it to. And if you know football at all, that's the last thing you want to do because they know the defense is reading your eyes, and they're reading right where you should go or right where they think you should go. I throw it. The guy picks it off, and he ran it back for a touchdown. I was like, oh, no. There goes my football career. Uh, I got to the sideline. The whole time I'm walking to the sideline, I'm like, I'm about to get a really bad chewing out right here. Remember, Coach pulled me aside. He did. He got my face and yelled at me. I needed it. But then he said, Jake, you're better than that. What you have to do is look off the defender. You have to distract the defender in order to get where you want to be. He can't know what you're doing. You've got to know that that's where he's going to be. The one thing that I have found out in my Christian walk is I have to prepare for the attack that the enemy has for me. If he's going to come at me with attacking my identity, I have to respond with, I know who I am in Christ. I know where God's brought me from. I know what he's done for me, and I know who I am in Christ. Because if not, he'll steal my identity. The second thing is he attacks your appetite. If we see here in verse 5, it says, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, of the wine which he had drank, and three years of training. So basically what he's saying here, and as we see, I believe it was probably a big spread of the king's table, the best-looking food that they could have. And the thing that the enemy knows is he will put right in front of you exactly what you want, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And the thing that I want you to see is the enemy has been the same. He just packages things differently today. It's the same kind of attack. It's just packaged differently. And so what did he do in the Garden of Eden? I believe that that tree that Eve ate from, I don't think it was a rotten, nasty-looking piece of fruit. It was probably the best-looking piece of fruit out there. And when we think about that, the enemy will put right in front of you exactly what you like and what he thinks that you'll enjoy because he knows our weaknesses. And just back to a football analogy, the thing that we would do is game plan for the other team. We would know their strengths, we would know their weaknesses, and then we would create a battle plan. And if, if I'm honest, I've tried to diet a little bit lately,
But how many of you know that, uh, I was talking with someone about this this week, a cheat uh, snack turns into a cheat meal, a cheat meal turns into a cheat day because you're like, ah, forget it, I'll just, just take the day off of my diet. Well, I took yesterday off, I'm going to take the day off. Before you know it, that diet is long gone. But the thing about it is it's usually something really good. My weakness is honey buns. I, I like those big honey buns, and I have to watch it because I think I could sit down and eat about six of them. I don't have sugar problems, but my sugar will probably go through the roof. But what I've realized about the enemy is that he knows my weakness. He knows when I'm down. What will he do? He puts the things in front of me in my weakest moments. What is it for you? Is it gossip? Is it lying? Is it lusting? Is it adultery? Whatever it is, he will put that out there in front of you. And the thing that I have to do is say, I got to expect the attack. I know he's coming after me. What do I do now? I've been set free. That's in my past. I'm not going back. I'm walking forward in his name. And the thing that is so awesome about this, in verse 11, it says, So Daniel said to the steward of whom the chief eunuchs had said over Daniel, this is verse 11, Please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young man who has eaten the portion of the king's delicacies, and you see fit. So he consented with him in this matter and tested them. Say after ten days. Their features appeared better and fatter, say fatter, in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. We have to quit eating of the world. And it's so easy because we can get fat on ourselves. It's a me culture. We want to eat all of us. It's like dad, dad talked few weeks ago, and I'm convicted. I still do this every time. I don't think I'll ever get over this. Someone takes a picture. The first person I look at is me. I mean, he's like, gosh, you had your eyes closed or you're cheesing. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. Double chin. And the thing about it is we get so consumed with ourselves. We have to start eating of what God has provided. We have to start eating, and you're like, Jake, what, what does that mean? I read this quote earlier in, it, earlier in the week, and it said, we cannot continue to look more like the world if we want to reach the world. We have to be different. And are you different? When you get in circles around your friend, do they see something that's different? Because what happened is they had fruits and vegetables. That's where we get the Daniel fast. I think Dad will probably talk about that later as we begin the 21-day fast. But the thing that they realized, and Daniel said, is, listen, I don't need anything that you got. God has got everything that I need, and I'm going to rely on him to get us through. And I, I like seeing, I, I don't like, I, you, you'll know the context I'm saying this in. But y'all seen those pictures of people that, before they started meth and after they started meth and just how crazy their whole physique just changes. And people that were not on drugs and then got on drugs. And it's crazy how things like that will age you. And what we have to realize is that the things of the world will age us in the wrong way. 
Well, people look at you and like, what have you been going through? Are you okay? And the thing that we have to realize is that God has everything that we need. What we have to fill our hearts and minds with are his word. We have to remember as brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage each other. You know the worst kind of people? Sorry if you're one of these people, but you're like, I'm on a, I'm on a diet. And they're like, here, have another serving. I just said I'm on a diet. It's okay. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thicker now, but I, I could not gain weight when I was younger. I was one of those, everyone's like, your parents feed you? I'm like, yes. Well, you're so skinny. I'm like, thank you. But now they're like, hey, you've been eating. I'm like, yeah, I have been eating. But the thing that happens is as Christian brothers and sisters, we have to begin to encourage each other. That, hey, you know what? He's been down lately. I need to encourage him. Hey, man, get back on track. I know it's been a day or two, but don't give up. I want to encourage you. I want you to know that I'm right here with you. I'm not going to put something in front of you and test you because I know the enemy's already doing that. Expect the attack on your appetite. What we have to realize is that the things of the world are going to deteriorate us. And I thought about this this week, and forgive me if it steps on your toes, but I want to say it in the right context. I believe that anxiety and depression and a lot of these things are heightened today because of what we feed our minds and what we allow in. Because I wonder, and I understand depression is a very dark place, and so thankful that God has given us counselors, good godly counselors and medication and things like that to walk through that. And anxiety, I know that, man, there's a lot of things that can cause us to be anxious. But we allow so much filth into our minds. And we say, God, I want a peaceful mind. And then there's so many, uh, the Netflix, one of, I saw this thing the other day, I was talking about the top Netflix documentaries of the past year, and one of, I think the top five, there was a bunch of them about serial killers. And so we're filling our minds with junk, I didn't watch those, but I'm saying we, okay? I, 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 got, I, I sleep good at night, I don't need something waking me up, Christina, last night, she was like, it's two minutes and you're already snoring. Like, honey, I got the peace of God. <laughs> nah, listen, I'm not that cheesy, okay? <clears throat> but I think I did say that. <clears throat> but I remember there was a couple series that we watched, and I told Christina, I was like, I got to quit watching that. That's giving me the craziest dreams I've ever had. Now, listen, I, I'm, I'll be honest. I don't kneel down beside my bedside and read 38 chapters of the Bible before I go to bed. But I also don't let my mind be full of things that I know aren't right. And the thing that we have to understand is that doesn't just stop with what we watch. It's what we hear. And when I was talking with Dad this week, and I, I said, the thing that we have to try to shift is not hearing Man, I, I, I'm a song junkie. I love music. And if I'm not careful, songs just constantly run in my head. We used to joke, me and my brother, brothers and sister Hannah, about how, how funny it was. There was a guy in church, and he would always, he would get up to pray, and he would pray songs. 
And I just thought that was the funniest thing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And it was funny to me, but those songs will go through my head. But what if it's something that's not good? What if you've been struggling with something? Maybe you're thinking about your, your marriage is tough. Things are on the rocks. And you go listen to some country song, and it's I hate everything. And you're like, you know what? I do hate everything. I'm done. Do you think that's what God wants you to do? I, I thought about that, and I was like, man, that is so true. Because we get in this mindset, and we're like, I hate everything. I'm done. I'm done. You called you call Pastor Wayne. I just listened to I hate everything, and I'm done. I think, <laughs> but that's what we do, and we allow the enemy to begin to speak to us through the things that we listen to and we allow in. The things that we see, the things that we hear. We have to understand that God wants to fill us with what he has for us. And listen, you may struggle reading your Bible. Start with one verse. Start with turning on. Okay, I'm going to make a confession too. I'm, you can call me Grinch, but I don't like Christmas music. I like Oh Come Let Us Adore Him that we played today, but uh, Christian radio right now and me, I'm like, come on, can we just play some elevation worship or something. I'm tired of little drummer boy. So I'll usually turn on some. Uh, I can't. I can't. I'll usually just have to. I'm like, okay, I just got a Bluetooth and listen to some music. But the one thing that I found out is that music really, it resonates with me and it sets a tone for me. So when I come in to school in the morning, I'm not listening to some crazy Listen to something usually encouraging. I'm like, oh, it's Monday. But then there's a song that comes on. This morning, there's a song, and I hope we get to do it sometime soon, but it was called The King is in the Room, or his name is Jesus. But the first line is, the king is in the room. I thought, how amazing that is. Oh, what a Savior that we serve. Because then in my weak moments, I begin to think, he's here with me. I'm not alone. I'm sitting in this darkness. I'm not alone, but he's right here with me. If I can have the worship team come on back up. Don't worry, I still got another point. I usually like to say, y'all can usually call a pizza in and it'll be done about the time I'm finished. But I'm thankful today that what we have to realize is where the enemy wants to attack us. And if we go back to the identity He's attacking the identity of our country. But he's also attacking our identity as Christians. The name Christian now means something. It means the same. But now there's so many divisions among it. We look at different churches and we have people in leadership who shouldn't be there who live in alternative lifestyles and things like that. And then we look at us and we, have you heard those people that are like, listen, I don't want to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites. God, don't let me be a hypocrite. I don't want to be somebody that's fake. And I can tell you that I'm standing here upon grace today and not anything of myself. But what he wants is your identity. And your identity is tied to your appetite and what the enemy has walked you through all these years of your life. The last one, my favorite. He wants to attack your commitment. 
I've never seen a time in my brief 31 years almost of life of so many Christians walking away from the Lord or they're being distanced there. And it, it really breaks my heart and I see these things happening. I have some friends that said, you know what, man, I just don't believe anymore. And in Daniel chapter 3, it's so cool they referenced this earlier. To give you some preface, King Nebuchadnezzar created this about 99-foot-tall gold image of himself. And uh, he, he had everyone bow down and worship him. And that also made me think of, we do that a lot ourselves. He was all about me, 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 worship me. And society today is pushing that. But if we read, uh, just kind of preface this before I read. He called them to worship, and we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the names that he had given them. They said, you know what, we're not going to bow down. So then they bring, tell King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 19, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He commanded to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fire. I want to go back to that. In his army to bind them. They were bound. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments and cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot. Fire killed those men and took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. Somebody say loose. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. His dad preached last week. Let my people go. What we have to realize is the attack of the enemy on our identity, our appetite, and on our commitment. I have to remain committed to him every day. Are there days I don't feel like being a great person and I, I, I mess up? Absolutely. But when my feet hit the floor, I don't say, I'm going to fail today. I'm going to lose today. I'm not going to serve God today. I'm reminded of my commitment and I begin to walk in that. The thing that God wants to remind you of today is be persistent in your commitment. What he wants you to see is the potential that you've got inside of you. 
And as I thought about this fire, so often we get in the middle of something and all we're worried about is the fire, but we never see the fourth man walking with us. And I want somebody to know today that there's a fourth man in your fire with you. There's somebody else walking with you. He's been there the whole time. But we've neglected to see him. We've been so bound and we're looking at ourselves so bound. And God is saying, I'm ready to set you free. I'm here in the fire with you. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe all the things that the enemy wants to tell you and speak over your life. Commitment. There's astounding numbers today of pastors who are resigning and and leaving churches. An article I read this week, they, they talked about the commitment of those in their church being one of the reasons why. I come to church today not to you all to say, man, Jake, glad to have you back on guitar. Glad to have Jenny back out there. I didn't come to be seen. I came to join together with the body of believers. You see, what we have to understand that church is, is almost like a huddle. Where we get together, we be, we're strengthened, and then we go out and share the gospel. We have to see it like that. It's not an hour that we just check a box. What I need is a commitment. I want brothers and sisters around me that say, hey, you're going to make it. I want to be an encourager to you that says you're going to make it. I've failed. I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven, and I'm standing on God's grace and his mercy. And I wonder, and they may have all said in unison, and the scripture might even say it, but we're not bowing. But I wonder if there was a strong one in on this that, you know what, hey, we're not going to bow. Maybe one of the other ones is like, man, I don't know. Let's just go ahead and, and bow down. Let's just get this over with. The other one's like, yeah, man, come on. But maybe there was one resilient one that said, I'm not bowing. I want you to listen. I'm not bowing. I'm not bowing to culture. I'm not bowing to the way that the world says things are. I'm not bowing to the things that the enemy wants to speak over my life. I'm not bowing to the generational curses that are in this room. I'm not bowing to the things that have wanted to take my life because God has given me life and life more abundantly. It starts with the commitment. But what we have to understand as brothers and sisters in Christ is we have to begin to encourage each other. What you don't realize is the problem that that one right next to you is facing right now. They may be ready this morning to give up on life, to give up on their marriage. Their kids are gone. And they're saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And what we do so often is sit in our pews and mind our own business. But what God wants us to do is begin to encourage each other. You can make it. I don't care what the enemy has spoken over you. Your identity is in Christ. I don't care what the enemy puts in front of you. You don't have to eat of those things.
I wonder if there's some people here today that say, you know what, Jake, I failed. I failed God in my commitment to Him. And I need grace. The beauty of Jesus and the beauty of God is that when Jesus was, most would say that's a pre-incarnate Jesus or foretelling as we see, he said the Son of God. God didn't say, tell me all of your sins or hey, you've got this going on and that going on. I'm not getting in the fire with you. You're on your own. We serve an awesome Savior. We serve a God who will walk through the fire with you. The greatest gift that's ever been given was Jesus Christ. And I told it was the little kids class on Wednesday night. We talked about how Jesus was born in the stable. He wasn't born in a king's palace with gates and guards so no one could get in. He was born in a place that everyone could have access to him. What the enemy will tell you is that you have done too much. You've gone too far. You're a fake. You're a failure. But Jesus is standing there with his arms open. Saying, I gave it all for you. Those nails on the cross. I believe as he was on the cross... All of us were on his mind. And I think today that the thing that is on his mind is those of us that are bound and not set free. You've let so many things control your mind. Listen, I didn't come for you to live like that. I didn't come for you to live a life locked away. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I came to walk through that fire with you. Would you stand to your feet today? heard a pastor say one time he had the greatest job in the world because every Sunday he got to tell the greatest story there ever was. This morning, I come to set captives free. I come with a message of hope that says you don't have to stay there. Your kids... Your prodigals, the drug addict, the one that's away, keep praying, keep believing, because I'm right there just waiting for them to turn to me. You're locked in your mind today. You're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, I want to be free, but I can't. He's right there. Oh, what a Savior. He doesn't care what you've done, where you've been. When he looks at you, he doesn't see failure. He sees potential. Think of our daughter. And sometimes when I hold her, 
think, God, what is she going to do for you someday? God, don't let her be bound by anything of this world. Don't let her look to the world to find her identity. Let it be found in you. And then I'll usually have to ask for forgiveness when she's crying and I get a little anxious and upset, ready for her to go to bed. When I think about her, I don't see her crying. I see potential. What you have to see in your life is that when you look in that mirror, see God's promise. See God's potential. See the things that were spoken over your life when you were very young. That God has a plan for you. He loves you and he cares so much for you. Would you bow your heads today? Maybe you're here today and can raise your hand, and this isn't for me. This is just between you and God. Maybe you can say, you know what, Jake, for years I've struggled with my identity. I've tried to be labeled by the things of the world, and I've let the enemy label me. Today I want to be set free from that. If that's you, just lift your hand today. Thank you for your honesty. Maybe you're here today and you can say, you know what? Jake, I need some strength. It seems like the enemy knows exactly what to put in front of me. And I've been taking it, and I need strength just to resist that sin and that temptation in my life. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you for your honesty. Maybe you're here today and you can say, I want God to restore my commitment. been away for a while I've let things of the world creep in and I've drifted from him I'm reminded today that he's right there in the fire with me I want to restore my commitment to him if that's you just lift your hand today thank you and I wonder if today we have Christians in this place who could say God, help me be more committed to your plan and the purpose that you have for my life. God, help me to reach others with the gospel. God, help me to give hope. Help me to share what you've given me and the testimony that you have for me. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ. You've tried everything. You've tried drugs, alcohol, men, women, all the things of the world, but you've never given your life to Christ and made that commitment to Him. It's the greatest thing that you'll ever do. And I can tell you, it won't be easy. These guys had to walk through the fire, but God will be right there in the fire with you. If you're here and that's you, here in just a moment, would you come to the altar? But I pray if you raised your hand for any one of those things, would you meet me at the altar this morning? What if we come to the altar and just begin to encourage each other? And say, you're not alone. God is in this place. 
He wants to restore you. He loves you. As Jenny sings, what you gonna pray this morning? Did the Lord save you on Monday and set you free? Yes, He did. Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. Last Sunday, if you could explain to them, you said you experienced something you never really experienced before. Why don't you tell them kind of what that felt like? I don't know if I can. Um, I don't know. It's just... Uh... I can't even explain it. I don't. How many of you know what she's talking about? Isn't it hard to explain God? But you said that he had taken that pain. My chest did not hurt anymore. Um, it just felt peace. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I wanted to tell you, y'all have got a new sister in the Lord. Can we give God some praise? Oh, what a word. Can we just thank God for the word? Amen. Amen. What are you going to do with it? That's the key. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to let Jake close this out. And listen, hey, guys, uh, powerful today. What a powerful message. And Jake, three great points. Man, it's so good. So good. So good. Jake, I'm going to start, and I'll let you tag it up. Thank you for coming today. Can we thank God for our visitors again? Can we thank God for them? So glad you're here. So glad you're here. Uh, before, before we get started praying, uh, sign up for a ham out there, okay? Just put your name on the list. We won't go through the, we'll just be giving them out next uh, Saturday or Sunday. Next Sunday, right after church there, and it'll be a little different than it was with the turkeys and hams earlier but just sign up for that and we'll give you one on the way when you head it out okay let's talk to the father lord we love you today and uh, thank you lord thank you god today for that word that is laying on top of somebody's soul Open their soul. Open their heart right now, God. Let it go in. Because as soon as they leave, the enemy's going to try to snatch it. But God, I pray you cover it. I pray for those today, God, to receive the word, that it wouldn't be left open. But God, they'd cover it with the word. They'd cover it with praise. They'd cover it, Father, with, the, with, with prayer. In such a way, God, the enemy would not be able to snatch it. Thank you for this powerful word today, God. Thank you for everybody in the house, most importantly, God. Thank you for you being here. Bless them, Jay. God, today we thank you. We live saying, oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a God that would send his son to walk here on earth and walk through our trials with us. And 
God, I pray against the enemy wanting to steal anybody's joy, God, or their plan that you have for their life this week. Pray that you give them peace and God give them God triumphant joy over the things, God, that are trying to take them. Remind them that their strength comes from you. I thank you today, God, for a life of freedom and God, a life of walking in your grace and in your mercy. God, remind us today to live for you, to encourage each other in our walks with Christ and to be committed to you. We thank you today, God. And everybody said, amen. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.